0: We are so glad that you're here because you're choosing to thrive after betrayal trauma or addiction. Hi, I'm Ashlyn, the once betrayed.
1: I'm Kobe, the once addicted.
2: And I'm Brandon the expert. Now, why am I an expert? Because I've treated betrayal trauma and addiction for over a decade.
1: But you guys don't get that tonight because it's been it's been predetermined. Oh. And last thing before we before we start, Matt, are we good to go anytime?
3: Yeah, we're good to go.
0: We're gonna wait. Erica's coming. Go, guys. Before she's we do, like right now, run to. The what? Bathroom. <laughs> what? No, she's going to. She's bathroom. having a
3: baby right now. She's
0: Everyone, just go to the bathroom.
1: Oh, was guys,
2: that? quick commercial. If you ever need any printing needs, the Shirt Stop is where we got all this stuff. Yep. It's High quality, amazing, awesome stuff. And he invented so, this. He invented
1: right. Greg, raise your hand. There it is. Oh, that's the you. man. Oh, all thank right. you. Got right away, Greg. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, legit. Okay, um, I also want to just say this too. Um, all of you who are here have your own story, what, all individual, right? And a lot of you have had an incredible influence by Brandon personally, or in groups aside from the podcast. But we want—I, am going to speak for Ashland too when I say this: is um, the one who changed all of it for us is Amy. And have you guys heard me talk about Amy, our therapist? Anybody ever? Nobody She's knows. Okay, here. so Amy, go ahead and stand up. You're in the back. Stand up. You're mouthing like nobody. Can. Anyway, seriously, guys, this is Amy. She's our therapist. She's amazing, and and legit. It was. It was Amy's. It was Amy's skill set to build trust and safety for me, that. I think made all of this possible. Thank you. Thank you, And I'm not going to cry anymore. (laughs) So, yeah, right.
3: All right. We're going to kick off the podcast with Kobe crying.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Shocker.
3: (laughs) All right. So I'm going to do actually official intro, but real quick. um, So this is how this is going to work. I kind of explained it, but um, actually number one, whoever is the first question, if you'll go ahead and come on up. um, The way we're going to do this is the question they're reading is not necessarily the question that they asked. So. There is a question about divorce. The person reading it doesn't necessarily, isn't the one that actually asked it, okay? So, um, and I uh, think it's, divorce is a bad thing. Yes, yep. but but I just didn't want their spouse to like go home and like cuss them out, you know? Uh, so, you came here
0: with your spouse and like, what?
3: So, um, so w- what I'm gonna do in order to keep the podcast kind of rolling along is I'm gonna hold up like a signal. So, I'm probably gonna stick in order, but if I notice that their conversation is leading to another question, I may, Hold up the number. So if you have one of the numbers, then come on up. We may or may not get through all nine. Uh, Probably not. So uh, that's kind of how it's going to go. I'll stay quiet. I'm not going to, and then I'll just kind of wrap you guys up and into the next question, and then we'll keep going that way. So I'm not usually on the podcast today. I'm going to be, um, probably be the last time after I do this job. So (laughs) we'll see. All right. So are we recording? Like all the buttons? So all the buttons. We recorded
2: like four episodes that never record. were heard <laughs> so no 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 we
1: sure. we've we've talked through four episodes yeah. that were never recorded never recorded so yeah yeah
3: so currently we are recording okay awesome. and uh both on video and on that um just so you know um the backs of y'all's heads may be seen but i don't think about to recognize you so if you're worried about that um you're welcome to move your chair to the place where the cameras are not but um i think we'll be okay all right so um, why don't you guys do just a quick welcome to the podcast for? We gonna read a review or um, we have
2: one?
1: I can find one. No, we don't need to read a review. Let's not, let's not do the review. Let's, let's do, do it. Let's, let's, do it. A, let's not do a who, review. Who let's actually just. listens to the reviews? I skip well, them all. I'm
0: just yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm just awesome. curious. Like,
1: awesome.
3: Let's just let's just go right into it and just listen. tell them, okay. um, hey guys, we have a special live podcast.
2: Why don't you start, Kobe? Yeah. Oh, serious? Yeah. Get live going.
1: Okay, guys, good to have you here. We are sitting in front, of standing in front of a live studio audience. Okay, this isn't a studio, but we're standing in front of a live audience. So um, this is going to be a new experience for all of us, and uh, it's kind of exciting. So uh, what we're going to do is do a Q&A, and it should be pretty interesting just to see how this goes because there's a captive audience just looking at us, which Let's is a little it. unusual, but it'll be good.
3: Do you want to introduce me or do you want me to introduce myself?
1: And I, yeah, I just want you to introduce yourself. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so podcast listeners, you've never heard my voice before. I'm the guy behind the scenes, but today I'm just filled questions. And today we have our first question for these three. Uh, we're going to get a question from.
0: Carly. Carly, go for it. All right. What are some ways I can work on disconnecting from what my husband did without disconnecting from my husband? Great question.
2: Good question. Really good. Uh, so, a couple of things. Um, I, I wouldn't disconnect too much if he's still doing it. So, your emotions are telling you something. So, you want to trust your emotions. And if you're in danger, you need to listen to those emotions. So, so if it's telling you to disconnect, to get away, to, to, to have some boundaries there, you need to do that. right? So, but there's a difference between that and if, if the betrayal or the trauma happened a long time ago. Um, and, and, and that means that you're stuck in a stage of grief, um, that y- you know, you're know you either in anger or depression, you're pushing away and not wanting to engage vulnerably again. And um, it can be really hard with betrayal trauma to, to decide, look, it's time for me to put myself out there again with vulnerability and intimacy. Um, and there are some things you can do to, to step into that. And one of the big things that you need to do is go through the grieving process and the forgiveness process. So any thoughts on that, Ashlyn?
0: I, I'm just thinking to me currently, and although I'm not dealing with um, relapse type behaviors, there there are those indicators that my body, I'm human, and it's saying, hey, slow down, this doesn't feel safe. And so that is something for me to talk to Kobe about and to Lay it out, and to be vulnerable enough to say, "Hey, I don't feel safe right now, and right. I know this isn't—I know this isn't you relapsing, but it's—I don't. Something's off." And I think
1: right. the—I think the piece on that that's been super important for us is—is um, is to have—is for me to hear that from you, but then also for us to just talk. I mean, just this is where this is where I am. This is what I'm thinking. This is what's going through my head. Because if we didn't talk, I mean really it would be we would have our spike here
2: going bananas
0: oh yeah i build lots of mountains i was
2: i was thinking about it the other day and you know it's it's always been about safety and trust you need safety and trust so you can have intimacy in a relationship and i actually think a really really good relationship is about those those times when you don't totally feel safe um, when you're vulnerable and when that person steps up for you and so if over and over again you've, you've thrown yourself out there and been vulnerable and, and, and you've been hurt or rejected, then you get to a place in a relationship where you, you go to independence and that's your safe place. And, and then you lack connection in your life and in your marriage, it's a really lonely place. So, so you can step into a boundary and say, hey, we need to work toward intimacy. We need to work toward that foundation so we can have that trust um, or or realize what you're choosing into, that, that disconnection, that independence in your relationship. I don't think any of us here want that type of marriage, but probably there's quite a few in here that have that. And it's gonna if you do what you've always done, you're gonna stay safe and you're gonna stay miserable. So
1: I think the big difference, just looking back on this too before we finish and, and go to the next question is um, Ashlyn in your, in your video, you, you say very clearly that as, as you work through, um your shame course with amy our therapist um that's i think the point in time when you started to see okay this is this is kobe and this is the addiction is that is that a fair thing to say for sure so
3: that leads us well into the next question because i think on the other side what you hear from that person is that they're they're wanting to acknowledge the humanity in their spouse and and but wanting to, to move forward with that. So on the spouse's side, we have another question from um, the, the potential uh, addict. So,
0: so how do I stop
3: beating myself up over what I've done?
1: I good. might be able to speak to that. Uh, you so yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I kind of just did. Um, man, it took a long time. I, I think I think what I did was I just kind of put all the the shame that I felt in a box. And I knew that it was there and I didn't let it go very far. I didn't like push it way to the side, but I just put it there. And I was really cognizant of, I was cognizant of the two affairs that I had. And I was I was painfully aware of that and I could see the effect that it had on Ashland. But what's cool about it is in, in the recovery process is, is I realized day to day that I needed t- to focus on the things that I could do. I needed to focus on the things that I could pour my energy into. And I had a lot of shame and a lot of emotions that came from what I had done. And the only thing I could do was just pour that energy into my dailies and being mindful of my boundaries. And I really kind of lost sight of this box of shame and um, felt, I began to feel too. It's a strange thing, right? But I began to feel and um, I think over time, that's when I kind of connected the dots, where empirically I could say, and you guys have heard me say this like, all the time, that as as I was consistent with my dailies, I had empirical evidence that my actions and my thoughts that led to my actions were totally different from what they used to be, and that's really how I began to own my change and own this new person that I was. Um, it was. I just let go of when is this moment gonna happen? Like, someone's gonna cut the light on? Because that was silly. But that was, that was I guess, my I think, process. I
2: think, uh, you know, doing your dailies and starting to, to take care of yourself, uh, it helps you realize how much you love yourself. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't use the F word very often um, forgiveness. When, when, when somebody comes into treatment, I don't say, hey, you need to forgive your spouse or you need to forgive yourself. Uh, because they're not there yet. Forgiveness is a process um, that you go through. And you know forgiveness is all about coming to a place of acceptance. And sometimes um, somebody who wants to keep beating themselves up, they want to keep beating themselves up. They're comfortable there. And so in order to get forgiveness, it takes courage. It takes saying, I'm not going to be this person anymore. I don't believe that I'm just a disgusting pervert monster, whatever. I'm more than that. And and to believe that takes some some facing fear, right? That's a scary thing. Yeah.
1: It's, it's, a, it's a scary thing. And what's more is, I think I remember this, Ashlyn, that anytime there were tough moments, and, and this is just the codependency of me talking, was anytime I saw you struggling, it was like another reminder of like, you're the douche right and so that was that was that was hard for me to separate the two from but um
2: when you're in the thick of it probably everything was a reminder Oh, like you're oh, just the bad no, guy you're just no question
1: right? if if it rained on the way to work it's because I'm a douche if you caused that you cause that because of what you right, did last that night that email didn't yeah. send it's because I'm a douche your daughter's
2: like, mad at you like exactly you everything that that whole world that you're living in you're seeing all the evidence of that and and and, you know, everybody here and everybody listening, you could take a step back and see all the evidence of how amazing you are, but you might not want to see that, yeah, right? No. And, and I think
1: also, too, I'll give a shout out to Lucy. Lucy, she's the one that came up with this with Spike, the Spike narrative. She drew a picture of it. And her process of identifying Spike and attributing thoughts to Spike helped me to do the same thing. So I knew for sure when I had Spike thoughts tell me I was no good, when I started recovery, then I could attribute those to Spike and just say, okay, that's him. And, and, and that was a process
2: in and of itself. But Ashlyn, was there a forgiveness process for you because of what happened?
0: Well, I'm thinking of my side. I've always looked at it, I guess, from your side, but there were, I mean, if you've had betrayal trauma, you know, you leave the room going, what the, who the heck am I? Like, I just freaked out and said these awful things. And so I think for me, I definitely had to forgive myself for who I was for so long yeah. um, because I didn't show up how I wanted to.
2: And you were probably in, in your emotional mind a lot doing a lot of things out yes. of that place.
0: Very so. emotionally charged.
3: All right. So uh, next question is going to lean us a little bit towards maybe helping those that we care a lot about, um, not ending up in the same place that uh, this story can begin for some of us. So.
2: question is my name is martin the question here is uh how to help your teens who are struggling with porn and masturbation do the do the opposite of what you probably naturally want to do so you probably want to go to them and say you're doing what or don't do that stop that um the opposite of that is hey talk to me if you do it um, it, you know, the, the reality is, is you're probably going to have some struggles. Um, your teenagers have phones, they have friends, they have TV that they're going to come across porn and they're going to like it. And if you have a system of don't and you better not, then what they're going to do is, is hide and feel shame about it. If you have a system of safety where they can dialogue with you about how they feel, then you're creating a space for them to learn and develop. So
1: but what if it's like super what if it's i'm just thinking of my dad having this conversation with me. it's like that would be painfully awkward right to have because that just never never took place but what if i feel really awkward but, but hang, as the hang, on,
2: hang on there you just nail the most important part okay it would have been painfully awkward to have that conversation totally yeah totally don't, never don't be it. that dad okay so but, like you got to start talking about it early you got when you talk about it don't be awkward be you know just flow with it i mean i say i say penis all the time like really it's easy to talk he about doesn't just say things. the word he'll say don't
1: touch your penis my
2: daughter in church in church once said hey dad you have a penis and i was like okay let's not announce that to everybody <laughs> you know
1: um don't accuse me
2: but but they're comfortable talking about those things and so that that's the point is is it was awkward to talk to your dad about it right oh uh, theoretically speaking, because
1: that actually never took place. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, it, <laughs> how it would it Yeah, exactly. Thing? Just imagining it. But I think the real—I have two girls that are 11 and 9, and we already talk about like masturbation, and with with the girls. And it's like, but, just, but on,
2: only boys masturbate. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding, you
1: guys. <laughs> right. I right, so
2: you got to talk to your girls. Please. I know. No,
1: legit. But but what I would say is, is if you have a teenage if you have a teenage son objectify and call out the awkwardness of the conversation. Okay, so are you ready for the uncomfortable conversation of the day? I, I would actually say get in the car and drive.
0: That's a really I, long way. We've had the best conversations in the car because you know we're talking about uh, what happens when we start going through maturity and all these things hormones and the kids are asking real questions and they giggle a little bit, but they're there they're stuck in the car and they're willing, they're not looking us in the yeah. eye. And we have these really good conversations. I'm a huge believer that education is power. Yeah. And so if we take everything away and we protect our kids in our home and they leave and go with their friends, what happens? Yeah. Right. So it's teaching them why we're choosing to not do this. We,
1: we drove to the Oregon coast Sorry, over, okay. the, over the summer and on the way back, the, the most attentive and the most present uh, block of time we had with our girls was when we were reading through... This uh, book on sex—it's like what is it? Like thirty days of conversations about sex with your kids, and um, it was really interesting how like they were just on point and they were totally engaged in the conversation. And um, it was—it was just a matter of saying, let's just have the conversation. So, I mean, if if it seems awkward, then you don't have to have eye contact and sit like face to face, and uh,
2: you know, try to squeak through that. It's a, like a guy gave me know? some great advice once. He he said. Um, the best investment he ever made was a hot tub because it loosens your kids up and they have to sit in there while you're talking to them, and a ski pass. So they are forced to sit next to him on the. So you got to force <laughs> your kids to talk to on you. The list. Right? Loosen them up and get them to talk to you. Yeah, That's awesome. So, like that's it. awesome.
3: And uh, do you want to make an announcement about what we plan for the future on this topic?
0: Go ahead, Ashley. Yeah, it's one of our next um, programs that we'll be uh, releasing soon. So we know there's a need for both to talk about um, porn, masturbation, and sex. So we'll be coming with it.
3: Awesome, all right. I do wanna make a point for all of our listeners that uh, the person asking the question is not necessarily the person going through this question or asking this question. So we just appreciate them volunteering to participate in the podcast, so go for it. Uh,
0: My name is Missy, and the question is, when divorce is the best option for healing, what does that typically look like?
2: um so um sometimes absolutely divorce is the best option for healing and sometimes it's the the most um courageous thing that that both people can do um and, and it can be really scary but it, it can it can just help them let go of some things and move forward so i always say get maximum return out of your divorce if you get divorced, you don't want to end up right back in the same relationship with somebody else. Um, usually, what I see when a divorce goes really well, um, things like custody battles, and, and it, it go really smoothly. They're, they set themselves up to continue to have a relationship because they have kids together. And um, it, it, divorce can be a beautiful thing. So in your divorce, work your recovery. Be honest. Be um, do Be doing your self-care. Um, hopefully you know and I've seen this happen it's really interesting when I see couples get divorced I'll be working with a couple and and if it goes really poorly one of them might stick with me for a while and keep working on themselves and doing all this stuff and they're they're just moving forward and the other one just goes berserk and destroys all kinds of things and sometimes um, both people keep working on themselves so um, yeah divorce can be like I said divorce can be a good thing um, I know we don't hear that at church and it's not what we're taught, but it can be a really courageous thing to do sometimes. Any we, thoughts on that? Yeah, guys? we had
1: an episode on the podcast called We're Getting Divorced. Oh
0: yeah. People did not like that episode.
2: We tried to bait people in with yeah. the title We're getting divorced. I don't know if that worked and for anybody in here,
1: that but that was a mad. real
0: real question. But but enough.
1: legit though, we've had many conversations about this and I'm I'm like years into recovery but I'm still just dealing with the wounds that I have from when I was a kid that make me want to run, like run away. And so we've had the conversations many times. And what's crazy is the month of August,
0: it's Kobe's running month. Yeah,
1: that's my running month. And uh, you're here, buddy. I know. I, I'm here, Hang right? In there. Right. And so, the, the, but the point with it is, is I, I don't know, this is what I do know is that I've had to cross myself and I've had to learn tolerance for discomfort on this specific topic, realizing the context is is that this is my issue and it's an attachment issue. And I learn as a kid to run away, to avoid and to run. And that strangely enough followed me to my marriage with Ashley. you poor thing. But, but really though, um, I guess the only advice I would give so this is a if this is a conversation, the best thing to do is to sit in it. Yeah. Like sit in it and it's not sit in it and endure abuse. I want to be really clear on that in any of its forms, whether on yourself or your kids. But the best thing that I could have ever done, obviously, was to just sit in it.
0: Right. Well, and I've seen women in groups who who choose to be proactive and divorce is the answer. And they do exactly what you're saying, Brandon. Like, I'm gonna get my kids help because they need help through this transition, right. and I'm going to stay, you know, doing my th- dailies and things that feel good because this is a transition, and so it can be done, um, doing the same things that you would otherwise. Absolutely,
2: be doing. marriage can. Marriage at times is hell. Let's be honest. All the married people in there would agree <laughs> with me. At times, it's hell, and and. The, Right, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Thumbs up from um, Jenny. She acted like she didn't know what she was talking about. Yeah. But, oh, but, but, but the point is, is you know, can when you're at, in those really hard times, can you work through it? And if you can continue to work and grow, then your marriage is a blessing in your life. And I never tell people, yeah, you should get divorced or yeah, you should stay together. I believe that's a that's a decision between you and God. And if you're acting in truth and you're really listening and God's saying get divorced, coming from God, better follow that, right? If you're in a really hard marriage and there's a lot to work through and God's saying stick in it, and stick in it, right? But get as healthy as you can while you're in it. Um, so, so you know, that's not between, I don't think, a ther- now there's times with abuse, there's times when I'm like, oh my gosh, you need to get away from this person. Um, but ultimately, I believe that's between you and God. So,
3: great answer. All right, we got a next question. Um, talking a little about uh, stand in recovery. So,
2: hey, my name is Jason. How long? How is long-term recovery different from early recovery? What are the challenges, and how does it change?
0: Oh man. Are we there? I don't know.
1: <laughs> Ashlyn probably has a lot to say on this topic.
0: <laughs> well, what I hear most is like people are kind of surprised that it's still hard for us. It's not hard in the recovery. So Kobe's made it very clear. He doesn't struggle daily with, I want to act out or I want to connect with another woman. It's life and it's the life stuff that comes our way. That's like, oh, dang it, life is still hard. And so we've been very proactive in just staying in the things that feel good. Like it feels good to do our dailies. It feels good for Kobe to stay accountable to someone, so why the heck stop? And so that's kind of been our attitude is, these are the things that have helped us so far, so we're just gonna keep doing them, and we end up using them in the things that pop up from life that suck. So you guys
2: still have <laughs> challenges?
0: Yes. No?
2: I mean, you haven't been <laughs> exalted, you haven't arrived. Like. No, we are no, not right? gods yet. <laughs> yeah, and this is long-term recovery. But but right?
1: but here, here's the piece about it is, is is. Um, early recovery is very much about getting out of the fog of shame yeah. and the fog of addiction and skilling up and, and increasing mindfulness. And that is an extraordinary effort in and of itself. But here's what's cool is recovery, and we've only, I've only recently said this, but recovery has been um, one of the best things that, that I could do and go through um, to prepare for dealing with all of the wounds that I had as a kid because now I have parameters to live in that, that are that, that provide safety for me that are also known to you Ashlyn and um, I can leverage the mindfulness that I've developed in recovery on all the layers that I that I numbed and buried with addiction right and and so it's it's a early, reco- early
2: recovery is is it's a crisis intervention it's stopping some behaviors um you know it's just it's it's just trying to survive almost in early recovery um long term recovery when you see somebody in long term recovery they they talk about their recovery as if it's this blessing in their life um it's part of their mission part of their purpose They embrace it. They come to live events of the betrayed, the addicted, and the expert, right? Thank you. Um, Like, recovery becomes this awesome thing in their life. And, and, And it starts to influence everything in their life. It's not just about not doing a certain behavior or not having your spouse cheat on you. It's about, like, your dailies. You feel healthier physically. You feel healthier spiritually. And it's just... It's awesome, you take this thing that's a challenge and it turns into one of the biggest blessings in your life.
0: Yeah. Can I share one thing before we move on? Um, I was just sharing it with somebody right before we started this, um, that sometimes it feels, so even though we're not dealing with recovery work right now, sometimes it can trigger those same feelings because they mimic the, like, the feelings of safety and trust. And mm-hmm. so that's been something new I think in long-term recovery is we're not there where we were in the beginning, but sometimes I have to like sort through things and say, am I, am I crazy or am I feeling this? You still have to do that. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Great. I think uh, that's been the amazing thing about recovery is that it's, it teaches you really how to live life more fully. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's way beyond just an addiction or betrayal issue. Next question that we have um, here is going to be a little bit more about helping someone to continue in that process. So,
0: my name's Haley.
1: It says, "Do you have any suggestions for how to encourage your partner to get on board with working on
0: the relationship?"
2: That's interesting. One of the most difficult questions you guys get most commonly. I've never heard it.
0: Well, we usually get recovery, yeah, and it does say relationship. I, I expected
2: recovery at the end there but yeah. working on the relationship which is
0: different yeah
2: so it kinda goes back to what we were talking about earlier if, the, if you're in that independent place and maybe they're they're kinda isolated off and don't want intimacy in the relationship um, one of the most difficult things is is you can't control the other person you can't um, but you can influence them and so you can't force them to, to love you um, but and, and that sucks you'll feel lonely and you'll feel stuck wanting to get them to love you again. Um, but you can be the best person you possibly can be to them. Um, you can be kind, you can be patient, you can be honest. And as you as your frequencies raise, as you, as you resonate more love and peace in your life, you're going to be a lot more attractive and a lot more easy to connect to. And they still might choose to say, I don't want to. But they're much more likely to want to if if you're doing the best that you can. So, that's my answer to that. Do you yeah. guys have any thoughts? Yeah, I've on it?
0: seen. Um, I'm thinking of a girl specifically in one of my groups who her husband um, is not working the relationship necessarily or recovery, and she's she just brings in new skills, mm-hmm. and she says like, "Let's try this thing. You know, let's try using the feelings wheel." And he's pretty open. Uh, to, so she's like
2: subtly like.
0: Yeah, so she's not saying in in you have to do this with yeah. me. She's like, let's just try this thing. And it's really worked for them. And it's cute to see not everything works. And they, you know, that didn't work for us, but we tried it. And I like that he's open. He Maybe he's not open to therapy and that type of stuff, but he's open to trying new things. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah.
3: We had someone today even that was going through our course and they, their spouse was not real excited about that. Mm-hmm. and And to hear her... Willingness to love him, where he's at, and know that the course was going to help her be better, was was really fascinating. That's a strong woman when there's no interest on the Absolutely. other side, and so I, th- I think what she had was that attitude of I'm going to get who I need to be out of this, and and then th- that will work itself out.
2: I, I posted something on my Instagram a couple of weeks ago, and it was about having positive regard toward your spouse and. Um, my Instagram's a little more general. It's not just about sex addiction. And, but I got a lot of pushback from people who have experienced betrayal trauma. And they are saying, how dare you talk about having positive thoughts toward your partner when, you know, they're hurting me? And my answer to that was, and Brené Brown talks about this, the life you, you bless the most with having positive th- thinking and loving the other person is your own and so you can love them right where they're at even if they're really, really struggling and you can be boundaryed with them. You need to know who you are and love yourself so that you can love them right where, where they're at and, and that's a way for you to influence love in the relationship um, and, and not just, if you're sitting back playing the victim, just feeling stuck and stuck and stuck, then that's on you. You can make some decisions to move forward. Um, I, I know that doesn't sound very empathetic But you can make those decisions to move forward. So
3: this next question actually is going to dig into one of the detailed parts of this. So let's go ahead and take it.
0: My name is Amanda. What is a healthy way to respond to your spouse when they say they are struggling with temptations, but not in their addiction and they haven't relapsed? How would one best support?
1: This was a very interesting conversation earlier. Ashlyn, what are your thoughts? You can start it. You, you can tell she loves it when i ask her
0: I hate hey it. ashley
1: what are your thoughts
0: i will talk <laughs> when i her want to see <laughs> face sometimes on the
1: recording she's
2: looking
0: at me it's like the best. i hate your guts it's the best
1: it's awesome uh so i'm a am a really big believer that um i was taught by amy our therapist that there's such thing as thought crimes
2: and that's kind of like okay what is
1: that but but in truth it's like i can be driving home from work, and I can have Spike lob a tempting thought into my head out of nowhere, okay? And what I do with that thought is the real determining factors to where I am in that moment, because it's human to be tempted, but it is, again, all about how we respond. And so if I allow that to just linger and hang out, and so forth, then that has the potential of leading to something more. Um, but if I recognize that that's a tempting thought and then dismiss it and just move on, then that's a successful moment. And um, anyways, so the point with it is, is is, you want to make sure that you can be successful when you have those thoughts uh, by dismissing them, but there's also a fine line between being successful at identifying those thoughts and then and in being inflammatory to your partner's betrayal trauma
0: well I don't know what you mean by that but I do get girls who say what am I supposed to do when my spouse tells me they did a good job not relapsing <laughs> like do I pat them on the back or do I say Yay. like, good job you're being what I want you to be like so it's it's weird there's an answer to this yeah
2: there's an answer to it there's an answer of what not to do and that's to jump in and take over his his recovery for you to say okay let's do this let's do that check in with me five times tomorrow right um, the answer for you is to be authentic with him about how that affects you so be honest and be be vulnerable like okay this is how I feel when you tell me that um, if you do relapse this is what I'm gonna need to do for me so it's all about you it's not about him and 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 who you are, and being empowered in that. And if, if he knows that you're healthy, um, then you may be a motivator for him in his recovery. But he needs to have that motivation on his own. So, I
3: mean. Great question, uh, number eight. We'll edit that, or maybe not. <laughs> we
0: don't edit. For you? <laughs>
3: uh, my name is Ryan. How uh, do you look at our uh, your current struggles with greater perspective? And how do you be more positive?
1: This is about being positive. Is that what that is? With our current struggles?
0: Yes. Yeah. Tell us about that, could we? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at positivity
1: with my current struggles as kind of like this distant mountain <laughs> in this landscape that's just a long ways away. Uh, you know, it, it's, it is hard. Um, it's being positive. You know, my mom died, how many years ago? Nine, nine years ago in October, and she was 56. And my mom, um, she checked out when she was 50 because she was dealing with um, childhood trauma of being sexually abused. And so she took pills and she drank any chance she could So, I had to mourn my mom twice, which is really sad, but that was just how it was. And then, as I've peeled back layers on my own relationship with my mom, um, I've realized how hurt I was as a seven, eight, nine year old boy. And facing the hurt of all those issues, it's been. It's, it's like rocked my world in so many ways. And so what I, you can answer this question by what you have observed, but would you say that I've necessarily been positive amidst all this? No. <laughs>
0: um.
1: Okay, I wasn't actually thinking that was the answer, but okay.
0: No, we had to set some boundaries. No. Um, <laughs> I mean, really, it's it, it's been hard. And I think, what Brandon was saying before, I don't remember which question, but that stretch
3: uh-huh. that
0: we're in the middle of, yeah. that who knows how long it will be, there are some really good things happening, yeah. and there are a lot of connecting moments and conversations that we haven't had otherwise.
1: Yeah, and, and so I would say to this, and I want to hear what you've got, Brandon, with this, but, mm-hmm. but for sure, um, one of the things that I've, that I've been really, really focused on, as I talked about running earlier, like not running, just sitting in it. I've really had to like, almost force myself to sit in the super hard moments and to just sit in the hurt and the pain almost as though I was like that kid again. And that doesn't necessarily mean that that's a positive experience, but that also means it's not a bad experience either. So I think that there is, for me dealing with these issues, I think there's been a process of facing... Um, what's happened with me and the positive thing about it is is that I'm willing to go through it and face it and I'm still doing it but I'm not running from it.
0: Right. Well, and I think the shift came where maybe the, I mean, you're grieving and yeah. going through that process yeah, yeah. and so we're allowing that and it's difficult. It's, it's a hard. stretch. But the fact that you went from holding it inside to okay, I wanna share this and I mm-hmm. wanna talk about it, I wanna be vulnerable and have these conversations with you. And that's yeah. when things I think shifted for us and it became more of a more of a light. Yeah. Even though it's still heavy.
2: Yeah. My uh my wife taught me a great lesson and some of you guys have heard this, but um when I when I we were married like four months and I got home from work and there was water running out of my condo and I opened the door, and the ceiling literally had fallen. Like there was insulation everywhere. Um, it was a mess. There was a pipe shooting for like shooting water for like eight hours. And <laughs> I'm thinking, Seriously? I just got married. This should not be happening. Why is this happening to me? You know, I don't have money. I and and Jenny got home, my wife, and she just kind of smiled and was like, Yeah, well, this is you know this is kind of what we got to deal with now. And it hit me like, oh my Were you gosh. mad when she said that? No, I was, I was stunned. I was like, You should be freaking out here. Um, and, you know, she had, there's, there's a great book called Mindset. That hopefully, a lot of you have read it by Carol Dwick. She had a, a growth mindset. I had a fixed mindset. Uh, that should not happen to me. Um, she had a mindset of growth. This is an opportunity. And um, I, I actually believe it comes down to faith if if you live a faith-based life then you know that god's doing something with you all the time we we might not know what where's this all going but he's doing something we're growing just the way we need to and so if you're in, in a lot of struggles right now then god's loving you and teaching you <laughs> right and and Feels and uh, so who knows where it's all going to end up you'll look back and say oh i get it i see it and i totally get why our ceiling fell um, I appreciated my wife a lot more after that day.
0: And so I Yeah, and we remodeled the whole <laughs> condo. so yeah.
3: All right, one more question here before we wrap up the evening. so
0: I'm Liza. Um, how do I forgive my partner and overcome resentment?
2: So we've kind of answered this. Ashlyn, do you want to?
0: It goes both ways. So okay.
2: it's a grieving <laughs> process, yeah. right?
0: And it didn't come fast. It's different for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, I wish there was like a this is how long this stage will last and then this stage will come. But it's kind of like jumbled and and mixed up. And it was for me. I'm still in the forgiveness um, process for what happened to our children and that abuse. Um, It was much easier for me to, to forgive Kobe because it happened to me. But it's been different for it happened to my children. Totally. So
2: so with grief, there's a lot of emotions. There's there's anger. There's depression. There's hopelessness. And when you get stuck there, when you get stuck in the resentment, it means you're not stepping into it. You're not feeling the pain. Um, You need to do something to process it, to let it flow through you, get that energy moving. Um, So maybe you need to get a journal and really write out your resentments. Um, or listen to some music that's going to help it flow and go. Talk to somebody, not to somebody who's going to amp up those resentments, but somebody who can hold that space for you. Um, and that will help you work through some of that stuff so you can you can grieve. And forgiveness ultimately is about acceptance of what's happened. So well.
1: hear, hear.
3: Well, those are all the questions we have from our audience. And uh, if you guys would like to wrap up, say anything to them and then anything to our podcast listeners. I think we would have a wrap.
0: Kobe's always the guy that wraps up the podcast. So, why did, How did that, how's it a thing? I don't know. Like, how, did that, how did that happen? I'm just going to say one thing before you wrap up. I just think it's rad that you guys are all here because there isn't another event like this. We, I mean, this isn't even a thing. We just said <laughs> we're doing this thing. And you came. Um, but the fact that you're not here because you are going to a retreat or to a conference to learn and you you know that you're going to be surrounded by people who might or might not have the same story as you, it's pretty awesome because you guys came and you weren't afraid or maybe you were, but you still came. And so I am just happy that you're here and you feel that energy from you, and just love. And we're vision.
2: grateful for all of our listeners too. Oh, Everybody yes. who's listening. I wish
0: all of them could come, but then I probably wouldn't talk at all. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, yeah,
1: I, I I often say this, but I want to say it again. Not only because I get to see faces here, but also because this is this is my truth. Is if change happened for me, and if you guys only knew me, I don't know that there's anybody actually that knew me. Back in the day, um, if you guys only knew me, you would be like, "Wow, I have great shot at the Powerball because <laughs> <laughs> total douche."
0: Well, no, Amy, but she's I yeah, think she's, she's gone. Yeah. she's the only one that knew. Him.
1: That's true. That is true. I knew you. Ish. Yeah, but but the point is, is that hope is possible. Change, healing is possible, and it's not something that you just hear about but it's it's tangible so believe that it's so and if you don't believe then just hang on and keep listening and keep trying to keep moving forward um, thanks for being here and
2: thank you for listening if you like this episode please share it yes
1: <laughs> that's pretty good anything else yeah I want to say this I want to say this last thing Brandon is is, is rocking this incredible shirt and uh, and hat and it is all based upon beyond enough. That's right. So uh, for those of you who are here um, and you guys want to get more, we'll uh, let you know how you can do that. And for those of you who are listening and want to see the gear and even purchase the gear, Matt?
3: Don't promise anything. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll figure out a way for them to get a hold of some of that stuff. Yeah,
1: so. we're, we're working on that. But legit, it's, it's great gear. And it's we uh, we're proud of it, honestly. We're really proud of it. So guys, thanks for
2: being here. Thanks,
3: guys. Peace out. All right, that was pretty awesome, guys. Thanks for letting us listen in on your podcast. Um, So, for real tonight, obviously, uh, I wanted to give everybody one gift. If you do want to Purchase an extra one for a spouse, son, daughter, whatever. Um, I think we're doing twenty dollars. Is that what we said? So hat or shirt, if you want. Um, we don't have anything official set up. We'll probably just have you Venmo us. So, um, but if you do want an extra one, we'd want to make those available. Otherwise, we'll figure out a way to get them on a website sooner than later. I guess. <laughs> now so um By
1: two we know a guy <laughs> you know a guy yeah
3: so uh we'll figure that out and uh, otherwise um if you are open to it we're also um trying to capture once again as many people sharing their story or if all you want to do is just say i made the shift and uh we can share that we're going to start collecting people you can whether you want to do that with me or you want to just shoot a quick video of yourself just saying i made the shift just responding to the shifts that you've made the shift not yes <laughs> I made Was that not shit. clear? <laughs> yes. So, all right. Um, hold on, just real quick. Oh, um, sorry.
1: What did you guys think? I'm curious because we've never, we've never done this before. Like Matt's been the only audience we've ever had, and uh, so going from Matt to all of you has been like.